Hello, it's your host Jay here, and welcome back to the Over Manga Cast. On this episode, we are revisiting a tried and true favorite of the podcast here, some wholesome family fun, Spy Family, which needs no introduction. We read chapters 59 to 68. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Over Manga Cast. My name is Sam, and as always, here at the top of the show, we talk about our familiarity with the manga that we read this week. Uh, about the usual for Spy Family for me, which is to say, uh, I haven't read it since the last time we did an episode on it. Really glad to be back, though. Uh, Matt, how about you? Uh, same. I have not touched the series since we last put it down. All right. And Jay? Same here. I have been living living vicariously through various Twitter posts on Spy Family. All right. And Jacob? I chipped away at it, but not anything meaningful or substantial. So it was basically a new read for me. Well, we have a hell of a chapter to get back into the... Uh, series with as uh, our prospective character this time is none other than uh, Becky Blackbell, who is watching her favorite dramas and it gives her a devious idea. He is going to go after that man. The more we learn about these dramas, the more sus they become. I'm, I'm worried. As someone who has experienced these dramas, I am not worried. I am just concerned there's no parental oversight going on here. <laughs> 100% I've seen these dramas like on TV. They exist. We are so. allowing a first grader to uncritically absorb a scene. Well, all we see here is, uh, oh, Vincent, you're the only one I love. We mustn't, Sonia. I have a fiance waiting for me out west. My family arranged that marriage. I'll make you forget her. S sounds of loud smooching. Sounds of loud smooching. Oh, yes. <laughs> She's watching this telenovelas and no one's there to bring her in. I really, I really like, like, uh, Becky is watching this like, oh my. And uh, she uh, notes the picture of the Forger family that I guess the Black Bells just have on their mantle. Yeah, I was weirded out by that. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I did like the last little cutaway bit from the from the TV drama, which is Vincent going, Sonia, I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, <laughs> she she's shoving his her tongue down that throat. How romantic! So romantic when men nope. can't breathe. No, no, no. We did, we did, we did goosebumps last week. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> anyway, hey Anya, are you home right now? Excellent. I'm gonna come over and we're gonna hang out. Bye. That energy is so weird. Like I'm gonna come over and like steal your dad. Like what? <laughs> It gets weirder. <laughs> hey, Anya, looking for a new stepmom? I'd be the best mommy ever. Your house is so, so small. I would give you a big house. Then we could hang out all the time. <laughs> I, I do love this because uh, with her telepathic powers, Anya is reading <laughs> Becky's insane, detached from reality inner monologue, which includes all of the cool things she would do as Anya's stepmom, including world-class chefs and that's all anya needs making the best meals and i'm like god damn it anya you are so easily bought she may have a point <laughs> <laughs> and poor lloyd he is he he's really trying to just be polite and unassuming as is his training well i mean he also if not just for the mission it's important to have friends so you're trying to encourage her to make friendships and be nice to people, mm -hmm. but 
Yeah. This has some of my favorite Anya the telepath jokes because we've got uh, Becky uh, getting to see Lloyd in the flesh and immediately her brain turns into wing dings. (laughs) (laughs) Anya speaks in her own internal monologue, questioning why they're there. Is it some kind of secret code? Becky collapses on the floor just thinking, love. Oh, I've seen this before. Picture of midnight. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Right. That other lady thirsting after my papa. Okay. Oh, this is happening too much. This (laughs) this is concerning. Twilight Um, is drowning in bed. Yeah, he's a very attractive man. Oh, that's spy life. The spy family classic where two people are entirely talking past one another because they're too obsessed with their own agendas. In this case, it's uh, Twilight trying to uh, weasel out any information about the Black Bells by pretending to just be casually interested in Becky's life. And Becky being like, he's trying to learn more about me. Uh, yes, my my hooks are sinking in. Soon he will be mine. Unfortunately. <laughs> Reality ensues. No, the final boss appears. Yor comes home from walking Bond. <laughs> yes. Nice. A little play date. That's yeah. so cute. Uh, Becky tries pulling out the big guns uh, that she learned from the telenovelas. Concerned that a six-year-old is learning this stuff from her TV dramas. I, I think there's not enough parental oversight here in Berlin. <laughs> yes. Yeah, th- this is this is a very evident... <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just as one instance. <laughs> she tries oh. dramatically untying her hair and fluttering her eyelashes. No effect. <laughs> Lloyd is simply confused. It turns out Lloyd is not into story? literal children. Surprising. <laughs> Good for him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's shocking this needs to be said. <laughs> It's just one more positive character trait. Uh, we we didn't need that, but it's good to have it confirmed. <laughs> it's Yor makes everybody some tea, and it's just normal black tea. <laughs> I, I love this. <laughs> this bit is so good. Well, for one, we have the uh, the immortal panel of Lloyd just uh, casually explaining, ah, oh, just you know, making conversation, uh, not particularly invested. Uh, trying to maintain his cover so he's not it doesn't sound like he's probing and Becky you've just been playing with me the whole time (laughs) (laughs) saying what's even more concerning is has she seriously not been exposed to like full conversations like with adults either she she is a child going through a delusion right now nothing she's saying or thinking is correct in any context This... And of course, your bubbly, sweet little angel that she is has no idea what's going on, which probably for the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Becky decides that now is the time to pull out the final weapon. The thing yes. that always works on the TV dramas. Quickly, yes. quickly downing whatever beverage you have in your cup and then going, oh, my, I'm so tipsy. I must be drunk. And then collapsing against the man of your heart's desire. <laughs> And Lloyd's just Meanwhile, like, Lloyd, that was tea? That's black tea. <laughs> he's just like the look on his face. Like, like he's got to to some extent realize what's going on. He's like, she's just done with this. Your black tea. Your, however, instantly buys it. 
in Matt's favorite, pa- Matt's favorite panel of our reading. <laughs> it's such well, a good panel. Because Yor has this horrified expression of like, oh no, did I accidentally drug a child? Which in yes. her line of work is a legitimate concern. Yes. <laughs> did I let the in- did I let the Thorn Princess take over again and accidentally spike this drink? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, there is also the factor that Yor, bless her heart, we all love her so much. She's not very bright sometimes. <laughs> She immediately flies down the panic route of, oh, God, oh, God, she must be poisoned somehow, probably alcohol. I must take her to the hospital, picks up Becky, slings her under her arm and bolts out the door. (laughs) (laughs) You're wait, it's black tea. It's fine. And then we get another uh, battle between uh, your and a car. Yes. Guess who wins? It's your (laughs) your wins every time (laughs) we get. Uh, an all-time classic of uh, your run runs out into the street. Car flings child, gets hit by car, rolls to absorb impact, catches child, continues running. Little inconvenience. I- really, the car picked the wrong fight. <laughs> we sh- uh, which clinic should we go to? Maybe we should go to an emergency room. <laughs> and then the the there's like just a panel of the car's radiator smoking. But eventually, uh, <laughs> Becky admits to what was going on, and your your immediately understands and is just relieved that uh, nobody's like concern, like like nobody's uh, been harmed or potentially yes. harmed. Which really yes. just terrible result for Becky. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh no, she knew I was trying to steal her man, but she doesn't care. Ah. No, it, because you're a literal child. <laughs> <laughs> but Becky does not understand this. <laughs> I've, I've never met anyone so open-minded. Is she saying it's okay if we have an affair? God damn it, Becky. <laughs> the, the, the standard response and the reason why we love her. God damn it, Becky. <laughs> and uh, the final bit to end this uh, chapter on is uh, she asks your how she managed to land twilight or lloyd in this instance and uh you're barely remembering that one time she was slosh drunk and uh lloyd actually you know honestly confessed some emotions she's like really all i remember is he told me that i'm strong and that was that meant a lot to me and i get it he's into muscle girls (laughs) there's a strength contest over there give me the hammer i'm gonna try it and it, she, she's in first grade. It goes exactly how you expect. Your tries it. It goes exactly how you expect. And now <laughs> Becky is yours, a student in the martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> Becky's butler does not seem pleased by this turn of events. Yours, though. She's having a great time. Another student. <laughs> she's going to turn every uh, first grader in Berlin into a, into a master assassin by the end of this manga. She's just being being nice, you know, sharing her skills with the world. Honestly, I, I'd be fine with that. Mm-hmm. that. That is a perfectly acceptable outcome for all of this. An entire first grade class of murderers? Yeah. Why do you I, hate our future? You, the youth are our future, Sam. When you look, when you put it that way, it sounds bad. But you're, though. That's a great way to uh, reintroduce us to the wild and wacky world of spy family. Uh, so we continue with Midnight. <laughs> She she's going on a mission independent from the uh, Operation Strix, where apparently mm. she needs to uh, deal with a, uh, a a person whose head appears to be a strawberry. 
Oh god, a, his head is a strawberry. I didn't notice. That. That's the entire joke. He's the head of the strawberry thing. Yeah, yeah. He's the he's an executive in the economics committee and the fact that a uh tariff or a, is it a tariff or a uh it's like an import duty or some nonsense yeah. like that. It's it's economic it, nonsense. It's causing a national strawberry shortage which caused a foreign minister to uh, get extremely pissed off that his birthday cake didn't have enough strawberries on it. So, uh, Midnight, it is your mission to imp- uh, to infiltrate the economics committee and correct this issue before his son's birthday in a couple of weeks. She needs somebody to forge some official documents. Mm-hmm. She asks uh, Twilight if uh, he could do official state seal. And he's like, eh, I really can't, but uh, I'll uh, give you the contact information of my uh, of my, oh, my like main asset in the city. Uh, you should be able to hook you up. This asset. Is he trustworthy? Oh, yeah, I've worked with him plenty. Mm-hmm. In fact, they've been, you know, BFS for quite a while. <laughs> as, as we'll find out later. But uh, yeah, we... Uh, we then uh, get some shenanigans of uh, the doorbell is electrified. Uh, there's also electrified. The most... It's a joy buzzer. <laughs> it's a really strong joy buzzer. It melts a pen. <laughs> and then uh, we get the most devious trap of all an eraser rigged to the door. I like how these range from the comedic prank to is that a Indian? Is that a freaking Indiana Jones boulder rolling down a hallway? <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's Frankie, the the. Of course, it's Frankie. Of course. He held a water gun to her head. Hmm. And he is uh, more than happy to help her out with this. Uh, and he is also infatuated with her beauty because he. Of course, he is. Yes. It's Frankie. Well, she's also very, very attractive. Like multiple people have confirmed this. Hmm. Yeah. She is attractive. I, like, I think she's attractive. It's her personality that's the problem. Is it? She just knows what she wants. Speaking of people who are easily persuaded, uh, when she is um, playing like the super difficult client, uh, refusing to give information, spy nonsense, Frankie's like, all right, well, if you don't trust me, then I don't trust you. And in the underworld, trust is all that matters. So I'm not going to do anything for you until and she grabs him by the wrist and yanks him out. And he's like, oh, wow, so forward. All right, lady, what do you want? (laughs) God damn it, Frankie. So yeah, they have to they have to meet a uh, expert forger, uh, but not he, that expert forger. Yeah. <laughs> a different expert forger because uh, he had been outed by the uh, SSS, so he's been in hiding. I really like how this mo- this particular chapter keeps Frankie as sort of as the like comedy sidekick, but also shows that he is actually rather competent and has a. A uh, very intricate network because his way of getting in touch with his uh, buddy uh, is to call into the local radio show under his uh, pseudonym King Scruffy and uh, deliver a story about how he went to uh, he went on a work trip, ordered a whiskey at the bar, and that's all it takes for uh, the quill to latch on to. Uh, the situation and go to meet him at a secure location. Well, I mean, say what you will about Frankie and his personal life being incredibly pathetic, but like he's good at his job. Like there's a reason that uh, that uh, Twilight works with them. But uh, the meeting place is a club which uh, only lets in couples. 
Well, they say- <laughs> Frankie says it only lets in couples. We lie. We learn almost immediately afterward that that's not true <laughs> because the bouncer is like, holy crap, Frankie, I didn't recognize you when, when you had a woman with you. <laughs> that, is, that is scathing, sir. <laughs> that that is part of his identity. <laughs> I mean, he deserves it, to be fair, but uh, it still hurts. <laughs> but, uh, we have Frankie showing off the hottie that he's with. Midnight getting uh, reasonably annoyed by it. <laughs> well, she goes from saying, I am going to shoot him when this is over in her head to saying it out loud, at which at which point Frankie shuts up and gets back on task. But yeah, unfortunately for uh, Midnight, what she's asking for is nearly impossible. And uh, what she's offering uh, is not worth the... Uh, the risk and the time crunch. The quill starts to leave, but uh, as Midnight and Frankie follow them, uh, she notes that uh, the three of them are being followed by somebody. Is it the SSS? Have they found me again? I need to get out of here. And uh, Midnight, with her own super spy kung fu powers, defeats all of the bad guys, uh, therefore saving his life, making him internally, eternally indebted to her. And uh, Frankie, uh, after uh, handing over the deliverables to her, is like, did you tip those guys off just so you could show off and make him uh, indebted to you? I have no idea what you're talking about. Such ugly tactics from such a beautiful woman. But yeah, as much as the the animosity between them. uh, She's sufficiently impressed by him. Yeah, and says that she'll be back with another job soon, which he's perfectly fine with. Yeah, get to get to work with a cute lady again. <laughs> that that's your standard Frankie for you. How dare you do this to me? Here is your payment. I am okay with what just happened. <laughs> You're burning all my bridges. Eh, that's fine. <laughs> but we have a threat far greater than the SSS to deal with in this next chapter. There is a shot of Eden Academy, uh, a student mm-hmm. smoking in uh, one of the arcades, and. An ominous figure uh, speaks to a butler, Raden. Yes, Madame Schlag. Schlag the Hag. She's returned. Her name, her, the character's name is Schlag. We are not, like, invoking some kind of slur, I swear. That's really what the manga calls her. Ah, uh-huh, Jacob, yeah, I keep saying that. <laughs> and the- I promise! And the smoking student is struck down as if by the hand of God. I just really like the uh, the servant being called Raden. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, I literally just got that. Oh my he, god! He 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 gives her the thunderbolts that she <laughs> unleashes upon the unwitting masses. Thunderbolt! Thunderbolt! Yeah, thunderbolt! I cast thunder spell. This entire chapter is basically a single long running gag of her essentially being like a Madame Umbridge type, like. Really yes. strict disciplinarian throwing out tinnitus. Or, tinnitus, tinnitus, yes. <laughs> tinnitus, <laughs> it's tinnitus yes. You might get tinnitus with how sharp and metal they are. Um, <laughs> yes. Wait, no, that's tetanus. <laughs> <laughs> if they hit you in the ears, you might get tinnitus. <laughs> the tinnitus bolts. Oh, yeah, the, the things that Anya already has one of. Uh, mm-hmm. She's handing them out like they're candy, which prompted me to like second guess how the system worked and then later in a chapter we do get confirmed yes you only get eight through your entire school career yes 
Not that they do not refresh at the end of the school year. No. But um, basically, the the entire premise of this chapter is the kids are arguing. Damien basically says he's perfect. His chums then go like, yeah, he's so super perfect. He'd never even get one bolt. And if he did, we'd run through the entire school in our underwear. There is absolutely no way anything could ever happen that would possibly get him some kind of demerit. Well, my also- appears the woman who gives out demerits is in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> for I'm, no reason and i and i also I'm, love the fact that damien is just there like uh hey guys can you can you not put all this pressure on me please <laughs> like i didn't start this fight and i don't want it yeah. i appreciate i appreciate the backup but you two were going too far anyway <laughs> since this will obviously never happen and then an upperclassman runs and collapses as if he is riddled with bullets and says She's back. She had been hospitalized for some injury, but now she's returned. Madame Schlag. The 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 queen of Tenitris. They call her Old Lady Tenitris. The head of the disciplinary committee striding about the halls, turning classrooms into blood baths. Uh, but before anybody can leave, uh, she arrives and tells everyone to line up. And basically the entire thing is they line up the kids and there's this whole thing about if one thing is out of place you need to be prepared for anything your uniform is your bond and then damien finds out oh no i'm missing a handkerchief oh geez that's really bad and anya can read mine so she's just like haha i packed two handkerchiefs here, here you go cyborg you can have one of them and i'll have my own because i'm super cool <laughs> i did not pack my own crap <laughs> <laughs> i just thought i was cool like papa <laughs> I do like that, like that acknowledgement that she's like trying to be like uh, Twilight, but <laughs> she she is small bean. She copied the mannerisms, but not the actual attitude. Yeah. That, like, mm-hmm. Oh, but uh, yeah. So uh, Damien tries to like fess up when uh, Anya gets in trouble for not having a handkerchief. It's like, oh, hey, wait, no. And then Anya's reading her mind going like, oh, wait, are those two kids going to be lying and covering for each other with some kind of childish scheme? They'd each get two Tantris boats. And then she's like, well, shut up. <laughs> Damien, sh- shut up, shut up. It's fine. Shut, I'll be shut fine. Up. Shut up. You can pay me back with cake later. I, I didn't say that. Yes, you did. <laughs> I, s- I said it would be a piece of cake to pay you back. Not that I'm actually going to give you a piece of cake. You're going to give me cake later. Got it. Yeah, <laughs> Because Anya... Yeah, Damien and his uh, little crush doesn't like the idea of being indebted to Anya, so. (laughs) Lloyd, initially thrilled that she is uh, further ingratiating herself to Damien, uh, spots that she's got a new Tenitris bowl and immediately passes out. (laughs) Like, passes out for enough time to go through his entire backstory, which is insane. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, men's collapses... And it immediately dives into a backstory dream. The entire uh, backstory for uh, uh, Twilight from when he was a child and like nothing had really happened yet. They keep blanking out his name. We learned that he was hard as hell, even as a kid, because playing war games with his friends, he still managed to win every combat. Mm-mm. But Tiny Twilight is so cute. One to be a pat on the head. <laughs> he is. He really is. Yeah, his dad is. Um, he's a complicated man. I, yeah. I, yeah, no, it's, I love that he's so complicated. Because, like, the thing that he's saying to Lloyd is a really good and important lesson. The way he delivers it is um, questionable. 
Yes. Just wondered uh, like what his dad did because he was always it was always implied that he was well it was said that he was out of the home majority of the time and when he would come home like obviously Lloyd thought really highly of him but he obviously had a lot of expectations. Like mm-hmm. probably some kind of diplomat just given his wit- he's staunchly anti-war he thinks like the military is violence mongering like he. He flat out hits his kid for wanting to play soldier. Like, so you yeah. think he was like one hundred percent like gung ho, like die hard of violence is bad diplomat. I, kind I of think thing. he is in a situation where he sees the ill effects of war, and that prompts him to have a more nuanced take than let's honor these people who go off and kill for like as heroes, and especially because like little twilight is saying like yeah we were we were playing our war games those uh those uh terrible ostians are going to cause so much trouble and he's like oh are they monsters have you spoken with them have you sat down across from them at a table and seen their horns or have you witnessed their terrible evil deeds and it's like you are right about all that but it is precedent it is preceded by you slapping him across the face which, according to the uh, argument he then gets in with his wife, uh, Twilight's mother, has happened many times. Yeah, and like I, one of the things I really love is like so like his his take is nuanced and and pretty much like exactly the perspective one should have in a situation like this. You know, don't don't look for enemies. Don't uh, assume the worst of people before you've actually like spoken with them and hit your son when they get out of line. I'm and then what you're putting down, Jacob, (laughs) the exact (laughs) take you should have in this situation. (laughs) And then that happens. And then the the line I really love, because like, obviously, the fact that he hits uh lloyd is like the sort like like that's the extreme panel that's the one that gets like focused on uh like visually but i love the line about how he's like i wouldn't have to hit him if you didn't spoil him so like oh boy that's some that's some toxic (laughs) that's some toxic Mm -hmm. crap in there (laughs) like it's one of those ones where it's like he like the lesson that he tries to impart sets him up as this as this paragon but like everything around that is like tearing down the facade as it's being built or not the facade, but like tearing down that image as it's being built. It's really economical storytelling. This is it. This is in the matter of a couple of panels. Mm -hmm. Plus, I don't know. Given the guy the biggest benefit of the doubt, I can't imagine his job is low stress considering he's probably a diplomat in a country constantly on the verge of like bloody warfare. Oh, yeah. Like like World War tier warfare. Yeah. We hear that uh, he had gone to the border before the thing happens. Yeah. And like it's one of those ones where like. I'm sure there's more context to the reason why he goes to these extremes, but like obviously. It, it it's it's actually kind of what he's talking about where it's like there's more to this than it appears and we'll never know because unfortunately uh you know we have some cute fun kid moments uh but uh unfortunately the war breaks out and we never see lloyd's dad again oh see i i a hundred percent feel that's setting him up to like pop up Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Given the kind of story that Spike's family is, I am sure he will show up again at some point. But like from the from the emotional context for Lloyd, like, uh, the you know, it's like the last 
the last two things that happened um was mm. this argument and then after that things are you know like like things are patching up you, we see that you know it's a loving household like it's not like lloyd is abused or anything and he lies to his dad to buy you know to buy toys uh, to to buy toys soldier. to play soldier well to the buy like that, a toy soldier uniform like the worst mm -hmm. thing he could use that money to buy because we need to set up young twilight to have the most survivor's guilt possible <laughs> like holy <laughs> shit do they just stack one on top of the other yeah but this guy is 95 percent like survivor's guilt by volume and then they double dip at the end, like holy! Because <laughs> like he uh, he uh, buys his, he buys his little soldier boy uniform, but he feels really guilty about lying to his dad, so he decides not to play with his friends. Runs off by himself, uh, still wearing his little helmet. He's talking with the lady at the croquette stand that he's on friendly terms with. It's just a normal day, and then the bombs start falling, mm -hmm. and then like it's either it's a piece of like rubble ricochets off and knocks the helmet and like the only reason he survives that is because the helmet takes the blow the mm -hmm. helmet he shouldn't have had mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. also if he was with his friends he'd be dead because we find out the place that got hit was the munitions store they were playing in yeah mm -hmm. so and then he gets like his mom finds him and they run away. They like they flee the war. She a he asks, what about if dad can't find us? And mom is just like, we're not going to. There's probably things you don't know about why we're not even going to bother thinking <laughs> she, that dad's she, alive. She just hugs him <laughs> like that's all mm -hmm. the answer we get. Mom, you should, mom has a pretty good idea that dad's probably the least likely to be alive in a situation of uh, like armed warfare breaking out. So, mm hmm. Uh, and then in the village they're in next, they get separated again from an air raid siren. And presumably he never sees his mom again because we cut to him joining the military as a warfan. Yeah. Under some dead guy's name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. he He's like out fishing. The air raid sirens start. He breaks away from the shelter to go find her and just finds rubble. And that panel from the beginning of the manga where we had the much briefer backstory flashback of a small child crying in a war-torn hellscape. Ugh, the uh, the childhood of a spy uh, is seldom a happy one. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, uh, you either become a spy or a protag based on this background. <laughs> and you became or, both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the hat trick. But, uh, he lives his life as a soldier under that dead man's name. Mm -hmm. until this is this is where we meet scruffy for the first time <laughs> <laughs> yep uh he he is in the woods uh and finds a uh a stanian soldier a deserter in fact <laughs> and it is frankie uh lloyd is set to just shoot him on sight but uh, <laughs> uh even uh, in modern day he still sometimes wants to shoot him on sight but he doesn't. Yeah, that, that's also true <laughs> there's uh, just something so charmingly pathetic about him <laughs> <laughs> because the, the frankie convinces him not to shoot him please i'm begging you i don't want to die without ever having been with a woman <laughs> and lloyd just laughs at him <laughs> 
Frankie hits him with the philosophy 101 of like, isn't it crazy how like you can show someone getting hit without any context? But then if you say, well, actually, he's a cheater, suddenly it feels like justice, even if you don't know that that was a lie or not. Anyway, we're what? getting attacked by the uh, army, I, uh, by the unit I deserted from. So bye. <laughs> <laughs> Reconsider your morals on violence and revenge. Bye. Well, and this is where we get the double dipping on the survivor's guilt. Oh, my God. Yes, because when the Austinian military regime uh, regiment shows up, uh, Lloyd gets or um, Twilight gets shot and, uh, you know, he's recovering from his injuries. So he's just kind of uh, behind the front lines working uh, like working as a chef and who should happen to wander by. But his three childhood friends also grown and in the army. What a miracle they survived that day. Yeah, they had uh, they had run after uh, Twilight, so they weren't in the uh, munitions uh, warehouse either when the bombs dropped. And uh, they reconnect just long enough for them to separate again, tragically. Because they were part of an attack that was uh, ill-considered and poorly planned, and everybody in that attack died. All he got back of his friends that he had miraculous miraculously reconnected with years later was a trio of dog tags because holy crap <laughs> we have to have this guy lose everything in his life twice uh, but that does lead to my absolute favorite page which is the silhouette of twilight against uh a battlefield rife with fallen uh guns uh, ignorance isn't bliss. Ignorance is weakness. Ignorance is a sin. Because if he had just known about the attack they were going to be a part of, maybe he could have done something. Or maybe not, but he'll never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, setting up a feeling of powerlessness so that when a uh, intelligence officer uh, comes to recruit him, he's uh, he's he's ripe for the recruiting. Yes. I also really like the metaphor that the uh, intelligence officer uses. Uh, <laughs> like, the world is like an onion. The more you cut into it looking for the truth, the more tears uh, you shed. That's a very good metaphor. <laughs> also, the irony that sh that was, you know, ignorance is sin and ignorance is tragedy. And you go into Intel. So you have all the Intel, all the information ever. Twilight accepts the job offer. The intelligence officer is like, all right, well, it is good to have you for the sake of your country. You'll need to toss away your name and your rank and become a shadow. And Twilight says, there's no one who knows my name anymore. And I don't really care about this country. So why are you here accepting this job? As a group of children that look much like him, and his friends run by blissful playing does he ever express this no. to the officer because no. well okay. no. he, he just says no reason at all and i <laughs> cried <laughs> i i really like that the um that the intelligence officer immediately sees through that yeah that's what made it confusing well that's that's what convinces him that you're the right person for the job you have the you have the right mindset because he has a reason, but he's not giving it because he's not going to let himself get attached to anyone anymore. He's not going to, you know, lose people, uh, cynicism, et cetera, et cetera. Core character flaw that the, his like place in the story is to overcome. 
but like that is that is good for a spy yes to uh withhold information uh even if it's mm -hmm. even it's even if it's to your allies even if it seems trivial the more you tell people the more there is something to be used against you it's not a healthy way to live a normal life but it is a good way to be a spy he is already his old self is already dead and buried nobody knows him he is a nobody but he's got to live for the children that propels him forward the world that will be the future he he wakes up from this dream back in in a fevered in a fevered sweat because oh my gosh <laughs> because oh my god did i just relive my entire uh life's history in like however long i was passed out for feels like i was passed out for three weeks that's weird <laughs> <laughs> and anya having witnessed all of this with her telepathic powers just pats him on the head like it's okay there's nothing to be afraid of and uh she's so sweet dude she's yeah. such a horrible little idiot gremlin but she's so sweet <laughs> it's, it's this absolutely adorable moment of her of her being sweet child and then he's like i'm fine why was i asleep on the couch you passed out because i told you i had a tinnitus bolt <laughs> and then she just gets the goblin look <laughs> He passes out again. <laughs> no, that's later. <laughs> this will not be the last time. But yeah, uh, they uh, they just end up having a, a, a really cute uh, family dinner. And then for some reason, there's a bonus chapter involving Bond because Bond hasn't showed up where he and Frankie join forces to try and get laid at the dog park. <laughs> because we need a palate cleanser after all that tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. It, it, it doesn't go well for either of them. But they, they have basically, uh, by the end of that chapter, affirmed that they will continue trying to be dog walker. <laughs> they're going to put this scam on the road because there are single ladies with single babies. <laughs> <laughs> and Frankie will walk that dog as much as he needs to. <laughs> and thus a bond was forged. <laughs> I, I love how the entire time the dogs are playing and they're ha having their own misadventures. The background panel of Frankie talking to this girl is like, it's like, oh, did you, you've got a bunch of flowers. Are they for someone? He's like, no, I was just carrying these around. Do you want some? No, I don't. And then there's like a panel and then she's like, hey, dog, it's time for us to leave like now. And we're never going to come back to this dog park again. And I'm like, oh, geez, Frankie, you, you fumble hard. <laughs> well, because what are the, what, like around that point, we get a, I got these for you, please. I love you, please. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's not. And unfortunately, right as Frankie was absolutely fumbling the ball, uh, so did Bond, because he remembered Frankie saying, you got to bring her a gift. And he tries to deliver caterpillar this is this is not an adequate gift unfortunately coco does not like bugs through the fires of adversity they have become friends <laughs> through the through the fires of self-inflicted adversity uh now now for now for more uh standard uh spy uh spy family uh shenaniganery yes because uh there's going to be a cultural exchange happening oh yeah. this this chapter definitely happens um, it sure does I like this chapter. It, was, I, it felt mouth PC to me. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, 
we have a celebrity, he's an opera singer who is going to be so gracious as to engage with I don't even the, he, the he, West. He's from the East, so he's going to come to the West as part of a cultural exchange. Yeah, and he's to... going to do this pro bono and everything, you know, show a good front of like, we want to have peace and unity and all this other stuff. Then or there's as a they tablet. say in Italian, pro bono. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Then there's a bunch of tablets that come out saying that uh, he's a serial cheater. It's blah, 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 blah. He's got like 30 mistresses. He, yeah. And, and like he's selling government secrets to the to the West. And the newbie on the team is just like, oh, geez, I can't believe what a terrible person he is. <laughs> really fumbled all this work we've been doing. And then the. The, the newbie is the worst part of this chapter because he's an idiot. The mistress just basically goes, let me explain cancel culture to you and how it's a thing that affects us dearly. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I sort of uh, saw the uh, the twist at the end coming of like, no, he did do because like there's there's like a whole so back and forth of, um, oh, he's the worst ever. Actually, it turns out everything was a lie. But the uh, but the article of everything being a lie was uh done by handler and given to that tabloid because yes yes he did do bad things and uh it was just uh amplified by the warhawks in in the east i mean kind of goes back to it's too good to be true be 100 true yeah it's like the the um I just, I just want to know how the newbie has been in the spy business for two years and yet still falls. And yet for... he, yeah, no, he falls for everything. Yeah, the no, the newbie is the worst part of this. Yeah, I, th I thought the the spying was fun, but God, the newbie was great. <laughs> the newbie was a, the newbie was insufferable. Yeah, it's sort of a, it's sort of a basic standard spy thing of you know, there's always a, there's always another layer of truth. Never take what you uh, hear for granted. All the hit pieces on the celebrity was going to have a uh, some guy go and like kill him, uh, like make good on a death threat. Yeah, that's the that's the action bit to <laughs> fill out the middle section of the chapter, which makes Handler take off her belt and start whipping ass. <laughs> <laughs> she throws her shoulder out because she's smacking people too hard with the belt. <laughs> no, no wonder Twilight has such uh, traumatic memories of her. <laughs> that's a pretty. Uh, brief chapter but uh to lead us back into more of anya just being kind of dumb <laughs> <laughs> she's trying her best <laughs> she is the epitome of fake it till you make it and by golly by golly she's, is by she golly, fake? she's faking it <laughs> I, I i like this world where a bus is delayed and they allow a first grader to just sit by themselves for like the hours it will be until the next bus comes <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, it started off very wholesome, being just like, hey, you're going to be, yo, your bus doesn't come for a while? Here, <laughs> you can come with me and, you know, we'll, you know, see how you're adjusting to school and everything like that. And then... Yeah, it's, it's Henderson, Mr. Excellence, Elegance himself. <laughs> you're waiting for your bus, I see. Uh, why don't you come help me with this uh, busy work to keep yourself occupied? No, I will I'm bribe you. Yes. I'm pretty busy doing nothing, at which point I went, you know what, based. <laughs> I, too, would much rather be busy doing nothing, Anya. <laughs> Enjoy that while it lasts. 
but yeah, the, uh, a lot of this is um, reinforcing stuff that uh, we already know where, you know, on Anya, like she wants to succeed. She has the potential to, but boy, she's not there yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There, there is the level of uh, I can't help but wonder how much her age is factoring into this because she's definitely not as old as she says she is. <laughs> like, it, there's just so many things that are going over her head. Part of the reason Henderson is extending his hand is because he is worried that since Anya already has two tonitrous bolts, she might be despairing a bit. And when she she's just blasé about it, he's like, Wow, such resilience. I didn't expect her to be so uh, mentally sound, which she plucks out of his head. And she's like, crap, I forgot that I had those two tonitrous bolts. Uh, uh, yeah, they're totally worrying me. <laughs> I'm a fourth of a weight of expulsion. Wait, I don't know how to do fractions. I'm two eighths of the weight of expulsion. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just more of Anya being an adorable little moron <laughs> and accidentally make it. <laughs> the, the end gag is my favorite because... While she doesn't learn all of the lessons or even most of them, she does get a bit of motivation back by seeing how hard uh, Twilight and Yor have been working. And she's like, I should really put in more effort too. Hey, Papa, can you help me study? And Lloyd's I'll even just... skip my cartoon today. And Lloyd's like, Why are you saying that? Why are you saying that? What is giving you this motivation? Did you get out of the bolt? You got out of the bolt, didn't you? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Lloyd, stay with us. <laughs> oh. Oh. Poor man. Poor man. He is too stressed. Yeah, the, the, this is really cool character development, though, because Anya, like, and this stays consistent for the next couple of chapters. Anya is really starting to apply herself. It's yay. I want Anya to apply herself. <laughs> Her character development is frozen molasses but it is moving it's moving and i'm so happy for her she's a wonderful little bean and i want to give her head pats she applies herself so much that she studies for a little bit then gets tired and goes to bed <laughs> <laughs> she she's got the motivation just not anything else you need to succeed <laughs> basically look we take it one step at a time uh, but, uh before we dive into our next arc, uh, where we'll get some more developments with everybody's favorite assassin mama. Uh, let's take a quick break here to refresh, because if it's a your centered arc, it's going to be hectic. And welcome back to the show, folks, where last we left our heroes, uh, Anya had just gotten a bit of motivation. Unfortunately, that's usually a bad sign, so Yor is currently panicking. Uh, while he is dealing with that, uh, Yor is going shopping. She asks Anya if she wants anything, and Anya's like, I want those tea cakes that Mas that uh, Henderson gave me. Uh, do you know what brand it was? No, uh, because it wasn't a brand. It was a family recipe. It was she a homemade thing. She didn't pay attention to that part. <laughs> All she knew was that it was delicious cake. Well, it's also the fact she couldn't depend on your to replicate this recipe because she might actually die. So, so uh, your sets out on her mission to acquire some cake. 
uh, for Anya as well as whatever else she was going to be shopping for. And uh, uh, her her insecurities uh, start rearing up when uh, her she impos- feels like it, her imposter syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> except she's actually an imposter. <laughs> yeah, it's like imposter syndrome. If there was actually a secret military organization that rounded up imposters and killed them, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it's not paranoia when it's real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Her fears about not being an adequate mother are the part that's not real because uh, she she gets in her head the idea that because she doesn't know uh, what brand of tea cake Anya is talking about. And again, not a brand. It was homemade stuff. She could never know that. Uh, she feels like an inadequate mother because of it. And I, I just want to give her a hug. Yeah, it's one of those things that one of these age old uh grains nuggets of wisdom i've heard from other moms if as a mom you take your job so seriously that you literally are like panicking of whether you're going to be the best you've already demonstrated that you're a really really good mom mm-hmm. if it literally racks your brain at night whether you're doing a good job it is a little diluted in yours case i, I don't want to say diluted but like she's also legitimately scared of the secret police yeah there is also that her fear of the secret police and her desire to be a good mother to anya are coexisting in her brain and it's giving her so much anxiety (laughs) there's a reason why she is having these uh unjustified panic attacks because they're tied with justified panic attacks (laughs) oh poor yor it's also mixed with her assassin brain uh dominating every aspect of her thinking because a uh, makeup uh a makeup salesperson. I love this bit. She doesn't like going to uh, shopping malls. <laughs> they this will give you re- out. This will give you really piercing eyes. I don't want to pierce anybody's eyes. What? No, that's a that's a terrible way to kill somebody. I'm just gonna leave. <laughs> what? Baked goods are on the second floor. Please never talk to me again. <laughs> uh. But in some cases, her incredible assassin powers do come in handy because as fate would have it, she was heading up the stairs at the same time. Uh, Another lady and her uh, butler were heading down the stairs with far too many boxes to carry them efficiently. Your catches the falling things and uh, the tripping lady all in one fell swoop. Your being awesome as is standard. Mm -hmm. Impressing this uh, random passerby with her incredible athleticism. You must be so strong. I could really use your help. Uh, please follow me. Uh, cut to a page later and yours in a sports outfit and is confused about how she got here. But oh. damn, she serves in it. Oh, ponytail yours is my weakness. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Depraved. She's so cute, though. Mm-hmm. Look how cute she is. Mm-hmm. 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 Are we wrong? No. <laughs> uh you remember how uh we had uh twilight and midnight play tennis now it's yours turn to play volleyball <laughs> it goes about as well as you would expect except the, the real problem about the here, same the real problem here is that this isn't an underground death tennis match with people like pulling out guns and such this is supposed to be a normal tennis match i also just love the uh implication that the random woman that uh your happened to save is such a whirlwind force of nature that she managed to take your all the way to a different location get her in a different outfit without your really paying attention to that part and did not even bother to ask her name yet 
Oh, you're good at sports? Good. I'm not going to lose this mom's volleyball league match we're having. Dur- during all of this, the- there is a brief conversation where Yor mentions that she's looking for pastries for her daughter. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, you I can would... have all of these. These are all pastries? Yes, and uh, so long as you help me uh, with this volleyball game, they're all yours. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess this is a normal thing to do. Unfortunately, her power level is far too high and she doesn't really know how to play volleyball. So while she is incredibly impressive and impossibly athletic, she doesn't actually help them with winning. <laughs> <laughs> they they do they do do better than usual in the uh like in the like little montage that they have for about half the game and then your serves and then it the goes ball into space. creates a create creates a creator and it goes into space. Yeah, they don't win. <laughs> she Dragon Ball beams that, that <laughs> volleyball into the into the next galaxy. The uh they may have lost to their rivals again, but they had fun, so everybody is uh really uh, enamored with your. Mm-hmm. Good game, everyone. But mostly your. And that inv- gets her invited to the post-game tea party, where she opens up a little bit about her anxieties, about not being a good mother, thinking that she is uh, uh, too lost in the scrum of daily life, doesn't know how to do things. And all the other mothers are like, <laughs> understanding what to do. Welcome to the club. <laughs> we don't know how to do that either. And no, nobody. Go- and I love that there's like this. Nobody goes into parenting ha- uh, already knowing everything, which is a good sentiment and something that you really needs to hear. And then they keep talking and it reveals some things about parenting in in uh, Australia or whatever this country is. Yeah, in Berlin. <laughs> well, that's the city they're in. Berlin is the city they're in, but yeah. like it, it progressively gets worse the more they talk about it. But the the important part is your does actually absorb the important message of not understanding what to do intrinsically is a normal thing for a parent because that's true and she needs to hear that. And as the uh, conversation continues, uh, your reveals that uh, her stepdaughter is uh, attending Eden Academy, just like <gasps> just like Melinda's uh, child is. Wait, what what grade? Oh my gosh. They're both first graders. I wonder if they're classmates. Wait. Wait, what? She's that little tw- that little twerp who's punched my kid. You said your last name was Forger. <laughs> like Anya Forger. Right. Let me give fully introduce myself. I'm Melinda Desmond. <laughs> At which point I went, oh, <laughs> I also was like, oh, no, your has f***ed up. <laughs> your has. Uh, that was not my immediate reaction, only because I've been swayed by the fan r- fandom. <laughs> your has tripped ass first into the most complicated problem of this entire spy mission. Befriending the mother of Anya's greatest rival. And love interest, maybe. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and uh, also the uh, the wife of the of the primary target of the, the wife of the primary target where she doesn't even know a mission is happening. Uh huh. Twilight is quite reasonably spending most of the next chapter on an internal spy monologue that gets Anya dizzy. <laughs> yes, it's like, what 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 do I do now? 
Are we in too deep? Because <laughs> yeah. um, I also like that as Yor is conveying the rest of the conversation where uh, Melinda's not like, she at oh. least performs convincingly that she's not like angry about the whole punching Damien thing. Like that was kind of like was, kids, like, kids will be kids kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, she has a very kids will be kids attitude. But there is also um, like Yor keeps trying to apologize. It's... And we see that she also has that thousand yard stare her husband has. Yeah. I mean, Melinda- come on, you can't really match his thousand yard stare. Melinda has a sudden uncomfortable edge to her, a sort of ominous aura. Yes. <laughs> she gets this particular, like, half-lidded look to her eyes, n- not unlike a cat about to lazily destroy a mouse. Yes, checkmate. When Yor is very eagerly saying how wonderful, how uh, delightful she finds it that Anya and Damien are becoming friends, <laughs> Melinda is visibly straining to maintain a straight face and twitching. Ah, yes, how wonderful. I do hope they can stay friends. So, what's your read on that? Because I was kind of weirded out by how she's blushing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's weird. I, I don't know what she's. I, I was leaning to the thing like, I want her to be my like future daughter-in-law. Like that was where I'm, that's Wait. what I think is going to be the play. I'm thinking that's the gag. Like, like she, like, like she's a shipper basically. Yes. Just like the rest like, of the fandom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like the mom from, am I actually the strongest except the couple is age appropriate and not siblings. Yeah. You remember a lot about that series, Sam. It's impossible not to, okay? I remember it, nothing about it. It's great. Well, see, that's the Everyone thing. Everyone has the different thing. reactions to trauma, Matt. Damn it, you beat me to the joke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I feel like uh, Mrs. Desmond is uh, eager to learn about uh, her youngest son's uh, new little girlfriend, but uh, that would not be proper. She actually watches the same telenovelas that Becky watches. Oh my god, you're probably right. Crap, you're right. (laughs) Oh no! Because we find out in the next chapter that apparently the rumor mill slash Weiss information is that she is estranged from her husband. Mm -hmm. So she probably has a lot of free time now that their political party isn't in power. Yeah, watches a yep. lot of a lot of dramas. Yep, she's considered a high risk but low reward intelligence prospect. Uh, being separated enough from the family day to day that you probably can't get anything worthwhile out of her for how dangerous it would be. But it'd be entertaining if yours already got a foot in the door through what's probably a completely organic interaction. It's not a bad plan C. The mommy friends scheme. <laughs> I hate that it's phrased that way, but okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, poor Anya, of course, reading this out of Lloyd's mind, is like, wait a minute, plan C, but what about my plan B? Am I getting canned? <laughs> <laughs> well, that sure excavated quickly. Oh dear, Anya, you're trying. <laughs> Anya, the, these plans don't have to be mutually exclusive. No, she needs to win. This isn't a war. You're not competing with your right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it won't be a competition because I'm going to win. <sighs> oh my God. It's Anya. She doesn't understand what's going on. I love her. Because also she is deeply afraid that if your wins, she's going to get fired. Which means put back in the uh, in the orphan system. Oh. 
There's also I and again this is this is what I was mentioning about how like her uh her character development of the like the motivation is actually sticking this time. She uh goes back to her room and studies and tries to think of a way that she can further the mission and then she's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> she's trying. Bless her heart, she's trying so hard. Ugh. I actually think that she's like maybe like younger than she lied oh, she she definitely lied about her age she's not as old as she says she is mm -hmm. yor gets the go-ahead from uh the shopkeeper that creepy assassin master <laughs> i forgot about him in his leather face ass look <laughs> gets the go-ahead to uh befriend uh melinda because it's like she's a high value political target might end up being tangentially involved in some of our assassination contracts. <laughs> Should probably clear this with the boss. Uh, his only concern is uh, Melinda is kind of known for being a bit of a right wing extremist. Your cover with Lloyd, you don't want him thinking that you're a right wing extremist, too. Uh, and then we get a little bit of a brief aside where uh, Yor is like, oh, no, he uh, already is uh, spoken with uh, Melinda's husband and was fine with that. And we get a we get a did he now <laughs> that doesn't get resolved during our but during our reading. But at some point, the Thorn Princess is going to be tasked to kill Twilight. That's going to happen eventually. Oh, yes, 100 percent. And, it's and I don't epic. like that. I don't like that. the uh, I can see the fuse now. It's going to be epic. It's going to be emotional. And I think they're going to run away together and realize how much that they really care about each other. And everyone's going to be happy at the end. That's all we can hope for. <laughs> oh, but yeah, now with Anya motivated, uh, she goes to uh, Becky motivated. <laughs> she goes to Be Becky to try to uh, uh, advance her plan as much as possible. And it, it goes as badly as you would expect. Yes, that hussy. <laughs> Basically, it, it changes nothing with the dynamic with Damien, <laughs> at, least, <laughs> at least in this chapter. I mean, Damien just thinks you're just even weirder than you he already thought you were. And yeah, you spat a yakisoba burger on my face and now I look like you and I hate it. <laughs> I also oh, love that means they're in love. I also like the combination of there, there's one particular page where it's a combination of friendship crash and then Damien uh, performs Ultra Instinct. <laughs> uh. but that particular interaction is wrapped up it, uh, when it, in, in a kind of sad way, because um, Anya, it reminds Damien that he owes her for uh, the handkerchief incident. And I would I would like my cake now, please. I never said I was going to give you a cake. Uh, but if that's all she and he's thinking, but if that's all she wants, at least it's not something like meeting with my father. That would be a bit harder to pull off. And I'm just like, right, the plan. Actually, I want to go to your house and bring my family with me. Why would we do that? Well, because our moms are already friends. And Becky immediately goes back into, oh, my gosh, overdrive. Oh, my gosh, she's already in. She's already in. They're already going to be engaged. Oh, my God. She's moving so fast. <laughs> Becky, you don't understand anything about what's going on. You are just as clueless as Anya is somehow. I didn't think it was possible. The thing that breaks my heart, though, is Damien immediately enters panic mode, thinking that his mom would have blabbed about embarrassing things from him being a preschooler. Mm -hmm. And Anya 
of course, immediately mind reads these embarrassing things and is like, all right, that's good. Saving that for later. And then in her attempt to be reassuring, she says, no, she doesn't say much about you. Don't worry. And Damien's huh? eyes immediately go dead. And my heart just, ow, <laughs> poor kid. You are reminded that the wife is considered to be estranged from the rest of the family. I love the entire bit that's going on here where Anya is just pressuring him like, yeah, no, my family will come. That's what I want for my prize is my family's going to come over to visit. And Damien's going on this entire thing. Oh, geez. She's not just someone trying to like mooch off the Desmond family name and then slowly gets weaned down to, oh, she's just like all the others. And it kind of like destroys the crush he has for her because at the end we get the little tally marker that uh, friendship progress between Anya and Damien goes to a negative 100. Mm -hmm. Oh, these these kids will figure it out eventually. Hopefully. (laughs) Don't don't worry. Mommy will set up a play date. (laughs) I, yeah, I have a bad feeling. Mm-hmm. If only Anya, if only Anya had the wisdom to do literally anything with her mind reading. That's other the thing. than dig herself deeper. <laughs> That's the thing. If she could just apply herself, she'd be yeah. unstoppable. Because you can't even say that, you know, knowledge is power. This is evidence of that. <laughs> she has all of the knowledge and none of the skill to wield it. <laughs> yes. Anyway, who's who wants a general hospital episode? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because Twilight is too much Mr. Perfect as Dr. Forger. To Do the we, point. like, the bare minimum? Just people who generally like him, too. I, I do wonder how much it is between, like... Favoritism? Twilight putting in an, an absurd amount of effort because we know this man does not rest. Mm. And also, he's just so charming. I mean, I mean, he's trained to be charming. So, I mean, oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's the thing. His like this is his fake job. His real job is to ingratiate himself into already existing uh, social groups. Uh, unfortunately, that can make you enemies. Mm-hmm. The patients love him. The other doctors love him. The nurses are a squeeing fan club. Midnight hates that last one. (laughs) But uh, the most uh, violent hater that he has is the director of the hospital, (laughs) Dr. Gory, which does not. Perfect name for a guy working in a hospital. Does not give me confidence on that man's medical abilities. (laughs) What better name could you possibly imagine for a surgeon than Dr. Gory? Something, something, hack job, something, something. (laughs) But uh, we get some uh, (laughs) some light shenanigans of him trying to sabotage Lloyd. We also we also learned that he is a uh, a creep who is obsessed with uh, Midnight's uh, cover as Fiona. Yeah, that like that's the last straw that makes him want to destroy Lloyd. It's uh, now you're even moving in on the woman I've had my eye on, which to, to be perfectly fair to this character is as far as the creeping goes. He's just awful for other reasons. So I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. He's he's kind of skeezy in some other ways, but a lot of what's going on is just people not liking him. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out he's just generally kind of unlikable. People never, if I'm even a minute late, people start calling me names behind my back. <laughs> I can't so much as fart without getting laughed at. 
Meanwhile, he keeps trying to embarrass Twilight and people uh, just end up. Uh, I mean, part of it is Twilight knowing full well what's going on and uh, like dodging his attacks or yeah. using them in a way to make himself uh, more endearing. But there is also the factor of because he's, you know, Lloyd for Dr. Lloyd Forger is nice and makes people like him. So when he does actually foible, people are willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. When uh, Dr. Gory messes up in any way, because and it, it really does kind of seem like he's like he's normally not awful. Like this is bringing out the worst in him, but he's not particularly pleasant either. So now that he's like in this like jealous tailspin, people like it, it's taking mild dislike to hate. <laughs> he is getting actively worse. <laughs> so he resorts to his final measure, calling the secret police on Lloyd. I'm sure this won't go wrong at all. <laughs> you think we didn't already forecast this could happen? I, lo I love this whole chapter. <laughs> it's really great. He brings in the SSS agents and he's like, yes, you will find the evidence that I hid inside Lloyd inside uh, Forger's uh, desk. And uh, the SSS agents go to arrest uh, Twilight and not going to lie, for about a panel, I thought I didn't think this was actually going to, like, be an inconvenience. I just thought that Twilight would have to try harder than usual because <laughs> we get the panel of him getting the cuffs slapped on him and going, what the hell is this? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> and then a page later. <laughs> This wasn't part of the plan, you idiots. What are you doing? And Frankie and Frankie, because, of course, it was he in disguise <laughs> goes, look, I just wanted to see the look on your face, man. <laughs> You're so hard to fluster. I needed to get a, I needed to get a shot in while I had the chance. <laughs> so uh, Frankie and uh, Midnight in disguise. Uh... Midnight is the big guy <laughs> <laughs> in the trench coat. Mm -hmm. uh, they uh they Uno reverse card, Gory. Really? Hmm. These are some suspicious allegations. But maybe it was you, hmm? I really like how, uh, well, look at the type font of the this document that was in my desk that I allegedly was going to sell to the enemy. The, the, the font is from an old typewriter that isn't the one I use. In fact, it would be the one in the director's office he collapses from there yeah as uh <laughs> there there's like a whole bunch of stuff of uh all of the like all of the dubious all the way up to mild to moderate criminal activity that uh twilight has found on him for this exact uh, uno reverse card and they make like they're gonna arrest him uh but dr uh dr forger uh, he simply can't see Dr. Gory uh, doing something like this. He's a pillar of the hospital. Everybody relies on him. Uh, he's our shining ray of hope. And then we get, we get an aside from Midnight. It's just, why? Frankie plays it up, but uh, thankfully, Gory is too busy bawling his eyes out. Thankful to Forger for saving his life. We we get a we get a little mental note from uh, Midnight. How I'd love to harvest Twilight's tears, even the <laughs> false ones. What does that even mean? It means exactly what you want it to mean, baby. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Frankie does not want to take off this disguise as it is the best. It is the most handsome disguise he has ever worn. Midnight does not want to take off the disguise either. B 
because Twilight made it. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, so that gets Lloyd even further ingratiated into the hospital, makes him uh, no longer have an enemy in high places, and also will help him learn more about uh, the mummy friend group, because now he can do exams on the VIPs. So a uh, real win for him. All he had to do was get a handcuff for it. I'm sure Midnight didn't mind. <laughs> well, so to wrap up our reading how about we have uh, a nice light comedy chapter with uh, if i had a nickel for every time your has been uh comedically hurt to cause shenanigans despite being otherwise invincible i'd have two nickels <laughs> which isn't a lot but it's weird it happened twice basically the setup is during her assassination attempt she uh like pushed a, a really big guy and it broke her wrist, essentially. So she's got them like nice and wrapped up because they're nice and sprained. And she's like, can't do anything with my hands today, honey. And that would be fine if it was just Lloyd. He's like, OK, cool. I do a lot of things anyway. I'm just taking care of another sick person. I'm a doctor, presumably. That's fine. Uh, nope, Yuri's visiting. We're going to have some CISCON nonsense going on. <laughs> on cue. Yep, on cue. Uh, Yuri <coughs> just decided to show up because he has today off because of course and if it was any other character i would say he had greater ulterior motives but no it's yuri i believe him at face value when he says i have some free time so i came to hang out with my sister i mean that was, there was evidence of that in previous readings like legitimately all of his free time like he has no outside friends or relationships because he just goes and hangs out with his sister Whilst uh, whilst Lloyd is doing a bunch of stuff around the house, uh, Yuri has to challenge him to homemaking things. The only it, it, this goes on as like a montage bit uh, for a while. The only one that um, I think is kind of interesting is um, we know that uh, you're used to really like Yuri's cooking, but she's less enamored with it than she used to be. And she's like, maybe it's because I've just gotten so used to Lloyd's cooking. <laughs> which is adorable and i love that <laughs> my palate has been refined <laughs> to edible food <laughs> well she still eats her own cooking presumably so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she has a very strong stomach we know she's poison proof so yeah, yeah it comes with the job uh, but yeah it's, except it's... for when alcohol is involved <laughs> the yes. one poison she's vulnerable to yes but yeah, the, the chapter's gag is essentially just them getting into like a violent confrontation that only Yuri actually cares about. Lloyd cares enough about to not have his pretend brother-in-law flip out and investigate them. Mm -hmm. So it, it's essentially blah, blah, blah. And it comes down to them going on a grocery run. Uh, he is so much slower, but he manages to bring back a candy that he and uh your enjoyed when they were like growing up and mm -hmm. that is a childhood bond that he cannot possibly hope to mimic so that's why he's better than you because he's known her longer i'm like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> which is which is honestly lloyd's reaction too okay <laughs> good yeah <laughs> it's almost it, like a person can have connections and wider contexts that and not all of them need to be perfectly symmetrical it's almost like you're right. I know her better than you do. I defeated you. Ha! Bye, loser. It's almost like someone your sister having a husband is completely different than her having a brother. But I guess that doesn't mean anything to you. Husband, you know? brother. 
God damn it. You want to be Paul Fury. That's weird. <laughs> that's, Go to therapy. That's not, that's not normal. Uh, no, he doesn't. Do you... He doesn't want to be both. He just thinks no one is possibly ever yes. good enough to fulfill. No his one role. is good enough. Yes. I I do feel the need to like. Yuri's bad, but he's not. I want to make out with my sister. Yeah, bad, yeah, which is yeah. something we actually see. Like, yeah, we we make this as confidential jokes, but it's it's more it's, of a it's overprotective brother going on. Yeah, it's it's overprotective brother to a creepy degree, but it's overprotectiveness, not anything else. Which, to be fair, Yuri is right in this particular situation. <laughs> and, and, well, and the, the fun part is Lloyd isn't disagreeing with him, but because Yuri is so messed up, he can't actually see that. <laughs> and the other thing I love, because this isn't something that she was uh, she had been doing before. This is another moment of like really subtle character development. The entire time this is going on, Yuri is fully aware that Yuri is being weird and is constantly apologizing to Twilight about how weird he's. Because, like, the, the earlier chapters, Yor didn't seem to notice what was going on, but this time she keeps, like, looking over at Lloyd. <laughs> they both, like, share a, a deadpan expression. I'm so sorry. It's fine. <laughs> and then we've got a little filler chapter where Lloyd makes an educational cartoon, goes through, like, the insane process of every step of how animation is done, but he films it himself. And he's just like, we'll cut some corners because it's for an audience of one. And then the end result is Anya going like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the devastating look on Lloyd's face. He tries to couch a lesson in the in the Spy Wars TV But then he show. makes it too heavy and too intricate and complicated that completely detracts from the fact that this is a cartoon. Perhaps one day he will unlock the mystery of Anya, but not today. I'm afraid. I'd be afraid to unlock that mystery. <laughs> <laughs> Anya is too powerful. Yeah. And thus brings us to the end of our reading. Favorite character and favorite case that we uh, had today. So favorite character. God, it's a real toss up between Anya and Yor. Both of them had some really strong uh, showings in this reading. Uh, I'm going to go with Anya just off a pure comedy bent. Her molasses paced character development just enough to not have the joke grow stale and uh keeping uh all of the various bits alive it's it's a good time though my favorite of the cases actually dealt with neither of of those two uh it was the entire twilight backstory because holy crap i actually cried at the end of it <laughs> Seeing those kids running gleefully past him before going into the world of spying and wanting to protect that joy that was so cruelly ripped away from him. Uh, it hurt my heart, man. There, there's a cool contrast of we that is that is what this story introduced us on that whole concept. But seeing the context makes it so much more visceral. Uh, I, I, I will say personally, uh, double dipping on the survivor's guilt where he meets his friends only for them to go off and die anyway. <laughs> I don't was, think was totally necessary. That was a bit much, admittedly, but hey. <laughs> it was I, I agree with Sam that it was a good sequence, but I think the reason why I didn't uh, like feel it as deeply as it was because that sort of reminded me I'm reading a silly manga. But yeah, no, it's it's, it's a really good sequence. 
uh matt how about you favorite case and or favorite character favorite case um let's see i i think i gotta go with frankie because he's <laughs> he's in a few bits at each time he's just hilarious uh he is hilarious in twilight's backstory uh the whole thing with the dog great um he is the saving grace of his duo with midnight <laughs> <laughs> Because Midnight is a fun character when she's with Twilight. And I think every time she interacts with another character, just, well, you're obviously too, but like, Mm -hmm. yeah, she's very flat with everyone else. Uh, But um, favorite case, I got to go with uh, probably, probably an outlier. I'm going to go with Bond and Frankie get laid. (laughs) (laughs) Or attempt to get laid. That's an alternate timeline. The, The part one of presumably like seven of them slowly going to like worse and worse dog parks <laughs> the sisyphusian task of them chasing tail the struggle itself must be enough to fill a man's heart uh how about you jay favorite character and favorite case well we already know my favorite character is anya because that face um <laughs> uh, favorite case I'm going to have to go with both cases that Becky was being extra, extra (laughs) weird. (laughs) I don't know why it was just so like bizarre. (laughs) How do you come to these conclusions, child? What has gone wrong in your existence? Exactly. This child either does not know she is a literal child or literally believes that she is an adult. I don't know which one it is. I'm scared to find out. <laughs> Either way, she is detached from reality entirely. <laughs> how how can a character who isn't Anya be as clueless as Anya is for completely different reasons? I know. <laughs> like, I thought Becky was going to be the voice of reason in this duo. No. 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 There is no voice of reason. How is Damien the most rational, sane character in that group of five? (laughs) Everyone else is nuts. (laughs) Not regular child nuts, like legitimately insane. Like detached from reality. (laughs) (sighs) Yes. And Jacob, favorite character, favorite case. Uh, so I'm going to, for the three-peat, go with Anya, but again, for a uh, totally different reason. One thing I absolutely love, especially in something episodic like this, is when you have um, character development that sticks. And uh, we've seen that happen with Yor already, because um, she had a little bit of that too. But like that, I, to a large extent, the whole, you know, cruise ship seek, like uh, arc from, I believe, our previous reading uh, was a really good example of you know, you're already expressing that in a more big way. I love in an episodic story when you see a character learn a lesson and it sticks with them and it actually changes their behavior. Like, doesn't completely change them into into a different person, but, like, they they grow and move forward and it doesn't just reset to the uh, status quo because it makes um, following the, you know, the breadth of the story. Like, you know, there's a lot of chapters of Spy X Family and one of the things that's helped keep it fresh is that, you know, the characters have properly developed and uh, the subtlety of Anya starting to ever so slowly unlock her potential. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm rooting for you, Anya. You are you are not there yet. You are not as smart as you think you are. But I believe in you. 
and then my favorite case is easy. I love the hospital uh, bit because that is some burn notice shit. <laughs> like they, <laughs> they just they just pull the most ridiculous planned at the last second, but perfectly dismantle the bad plot. <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. The the way that they just rip him to pieces and then rebuild him as is convenient for them is so hilariously brutal. Though I also I also actually did really like the uh the Yuri bits at the end. Those were funny too, but the hospital the hospital was just so intricate. <laughs> the the classic, how did you have time to plan all this over the course of a day? <laughs> how did you get this in place? What is what is what does your logistics look like? I'm con- I'm increasingly convinced all of these people are solars because they just spammed speed the wheels on all of that. <laughs> Sam, just be happy that Yor wasn't wearing Weiss branded volleyball gear. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I forgot about that. <laughs> well, oh. She was being part of the Ladies Patriots Society or whatever suspicious name it had. So presumably they wouldn't have a uh oh, well maybe they might they might have a spy organ <laughs> spy organization as a part of them. They probably do. Almost certainly. But yes. Uh would you continue reading? Absolutely. Uh as every time we do Spy Family, this was just a reminder of why I really like this manga and I should read it more. But oh man, I am I am just tired from life. So uh I'll just wait until we do the next one. Uh reverse order. Jacob, would you continue reading? Uh oh yeah, I'd continue reading. Uh Spy X Family is one of those ones that I uh will occasionally manage to actually chip an extra chapter or two away between our reading. And um, I'm hoping I can do that and then some because I like I, I I love seeing these characters grow closer as a family. Uh, you know, like little things like uh, your uh, understanding the situation with Yuri is like they're communicating. Please be a family <laughs> for real, though. Uh, Jay, how about you? Yeah, it's very wholesome, very easy to you know, sit back and catch up on. Yeah. All right. And Matt. Yeah, I mean, we got some Twilight backstory, so it feels like the plot's progressing glacially, but, you know, it's still going. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it has not lost me, and it keeps doing new interesting things with the premise, which is always good for a comedy series. Yeah, because, like, that's the eternal risk with a sitcom. It's like, once you run out of bits, why are you still here? I, I will say, if I have to pick a negative, I, I would say I didn't feel any highs like from our other readings, like mm-hmm. there was no Weiss underground tennis tournament in this arc. So mm-hmm. like, but that yeah. could just be the arcs we picked. So I don't, I don't know. Yes. Thank you everybody. Once again, for tuning into the over manga cast, as always, you can find us on all of your social medias where we are at over manga cast. You can also find us on YouTube where you can like, comment, and subscribe. We also have overmangacast.com where you can leave comments on individual episodes as well. Give us some recommendations. Tell us what you think. Uh, tell us why Anya is the uh, best character. And as always, uh, we appreciate reviews in any and all form. Uh, reach out to us over at Gmail. Uh, you can comment on our website. Uh, there's probably some other ways to get in touch with us. Uh, oh, we're at overmangacast on X. So, you know. Give that a look. See, I'll post memes I make there occasionally or, you know, something else. I don't I don't really know. Uh, You got a lot out of that one. Your panel. I continue. (laughs) Well, so 
uh yeah and with that um no recommendations next week because we're gonna do whatever we want we are submitting to the cultural zeitgeist and we are doing a super bowl special and i know what you're thinking that makes no sense matt that's not what possible overlap do the demographics have to which i say shut up we're doing eye shield 21 chapters 1 through 20 <laughs> are you ready for some football <laughs> yeah sports ball something us nerds know all about <laughs> enough about the sports ball I, too, am excited to see the the San Francisco 49ers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. It'll be a great game. I'm looking forward to the commercials. So grab your chips and dip and read chapters 1 through 20 of Ice Shield 21 to keep up with the show. We'll see you all next Thursday. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. All right. I think the bugs are in place. Uh, we just need to uh, set up the uh, uh, the trigger for the uh, engagement bot. We're done with the bugs. That was goosebumps. That was last week. God damn it. No, Why no. is there so much overlap? It's Guys, I, I keep really telling you, this isn't going to become an insect fetish kind of thing. <laughs> Please stop. No, I'm the bugs. Ice brand bugs. No, nope. nope.